Well, this episode is definitely going to be wild. Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. It's been a long time. I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through uh, Time's up, I'm about to bless you with another season Another reason To cut on the Bro, TV and start the cheesing To get up on the phone and go call your friends And let them know the King B's Raw Fusion begins to sit on back and enjoy yourself I'll be your company, baby If you need a little help I took off for a while to revise the plan Got my focus on So I can check out the scam And open up my team Eliminate the fake And went and got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back And it's better than you ever saw But enough talk Let's get raw A typical night at the club Let's get raw You don't want to fall in love Let's get raw You got the fusion in your blood Let's get raw Into my ladies and my thugs Let's get raw Into the haters on the scene Let's get raw Don't be mad cause we got green Let's get raw You should be trying to make the team Let's get raw Cause we taking everything Let's get raw. raw Fusion. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? King B right here, and this is Raw Fusion. All right, so this show is going to be a little different, but kind of like the same. Normally, when I have a guest who is a musician, a platinum producer, a rapper, it would be a listening party. But this guy is not, not your average guy, at least for me. This guy is more like a brother to me than anything else. So for the guys that recently celebrated 25th anniversary of telling people how to smoke weed in the middle of the barn, welcome Wild Style from Crucial Conflict. What up, bro? What's up, man? What's up, B? What's up, B? What's up, my brother? You did? How you feeling, <laughs> you man? Crazy. How you feeling? You good? I ain't, I ain't teaching nobody how to smoke weed, though. Yeah, well, I'm good, man. I'm good. Come on, man. Oh, my bad. Hey. <laughs> right. We got to keep that on the low. Hey, on the middle of the bar. Look, man, you just celebrated 25 years, bro, of uh, the final tick. You know what I mean? And you know what? I don't think I've ever told you this. And I'm pretty sure you already knew it. But that is a brilliant title for an album. You know what I mean? Final tick. Like, yeah. we about to blow up. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't know if people, uh-huh. people all get it. It took me, you know what? I knew knew about the album. I knew all this stuff even before we had met. And the final tick just never clicked in my head until one day I just, the final, damn, we about to blow up. That's cool. Who came up with that concept? Well, we always, you know, we was, you know, we out, out, uh, out west, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we used to have a saying, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever crew you with, we'll say, you know, flick you know, crucial to the world blow up, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And that's how I started, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, people used to be like, we solid to the world blow up, whatever it used to be, you know? Mm-hmm. We kinda used to always say that, and then I guess, uh, I don't know, we was just all sitting around, and we just named it the final tip, you know what I'm saying? I don't know who actually said it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But uh, we had some, we, we got characters in our group, you should know that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
we came up with that title. And uh, man, we ran with it because of the, how the music was. We made that final tick song, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We made the final tick song because we was like always playing Mortal Kombat and all that type of stuff in the studio, you know what I'm saying? We was taking turns, whoever in the booth. Mm -hmm. You know, off the game, when you get out the booth, you know what I'm saying, you get back on the game, everybody playing playing Mortal Kombat, and uh, we was going up to the different levels. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's why you went from, uh, you had the, uh, the voice of uh, Mortal Kombat, after every person verse, you go up a level, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And I was the final level, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And then we named it the final tick, because, you know, each one of us was about to blow up, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, what people don't realize is that you went through a couple of different iterations of Crucial Conflict before it became the four guys that still to this day, 25 years later, you guys are still together. Right. Which you don't really, you don't really see that a lot. You know, there's not a whole lot of groups that stay together 25 years. You know, Temptations don't even think lasted that long. So what do you think it is that wow. that um well you know they kept pulling in members and pulling out members but you get, you still had the same four that was on that original album what do you think that is man that, that kept you guys together oh uh, no okay I tell I tell you first you asked me one question first you asked me it went through different phases right so back in uh, me and me and my uh, group member Kilo I'll tell you our age right now but anyway. Uh -huh. Back back in the day, you know, my my, uh, my partner Kilo, you know, what I'm saying he was 87. Man, we met we we met up like three days after high school, when we got in high school because everybody knew that I was DJing and he was rapping and you know and uh, I was into the rap and that thing. But Kilo took it kind of serious. He was already like naming this stuff in the rap group. You know what I'm saying? With this crew, mm -hmm. it was like Def Jam Posse. This when uh, all the you know. Def Jam was out in 1987 and all that, 86, you know what I'm saying? We was like, uh, I was like a backup DJ, you know what I'm saying? Because I could scratch real good, man. And uh, he had this other DJ named Rocky G. And man, Rocky G introduced me into, you know, uh, the cutting, mm -hmm. you know, cause I was already making beats and stuff. I had little drum machines and all that, but you know, we was making original shit, but Rocky G knew how to, you know, uh, cut with turntables and shit and like, He'll take a, you know, like a JB sample and he'll just keep cutting and keeping the beat flowing and on the same tempo as the drum machine, man. And we used to, he used to cut, man, and uh, and, and I used to scratch real good. So, you know, we was like a duel, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Man, I started being a backup, you know, DJ for uh, with, with Kilo and everything, you know, he was taking it serious. And then, uh, you know, I was writing my rhymes and everything, but I didn't want to be like, you know, rap. I ain't really take rap serious. I like used to rap, but I used to take it serious. But I had, you know, gotten some trouble as a juvenile, you know what I'm saying? Went in, went in, went in juvenile for a while and I came out. Uh -huh. And then I took rap uh, serious. And when I came back, you know what I'm saying? Me and Kilo was with uh, the DJ Rocky G. And uh, me and him was spitting and everything, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, man, I think you and Wild need to be in the group together instead of you and the other guys he was with. So we agreed. And then we was like, well, we gonna call ourselves, man. Mm -hmm. And we sitting up in the dark, and my man Rocky G, he was like, crucial conflict. Hmm. And Kilo looked at each other. We was like, that's it. So he was go he was the original uh, DJ for Crucial Conflict. Okay. Uh, 
and it was just me, him, and Kilo. And that went from, you know, he got into some more, you know, trouble and everything. And then I pulled uh, Q-Ball in as DJ Assassin, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Cause he used to scratch too. Cause me and me and Q-Ball was DJing together since we was like 11 years old. So okay. uh, yeah, so Q-Ball, which y'all know as Q-Ball now, but he he was in the group as the as the as the new DJ. Kind of preliminary, like not really actual, but he was like you know our DJ scratching. It wasn't official. And then man, we used to do ton of shows everywhere. Man, we was shooting shooting videos. Man, we was goddamn it running into the to the pool hall. All the OGs on that, you know, from Chicago Avenue, you know what I'm saying? They knew we rapped. So, mm -hmm. man, every time they get a stack of fives or ones, man, they'll hand them to us. We go into the studio because everybody knew what we was doing. So it was like we was getting support from everywhere because they wanted us, wanted to see us do that, mm -hmm. do the rap shit. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? That went to one day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, our little cousin, uh, little, little Tony Gino, you know, they was in a little talent show and I saw something in them and uh, I wrote some rhymes for them because I wanted them to win a, a talent show. They was little shorties, man, and they could dance and everything. They got, they, they got in a contest and they won a contest. So I did it again and I brought them out on stage and, to a high school and let them rock on the stage and the crowd went crazy. Then another time, I said, you know what? I'm gonna write them a rap mm -hmm. with me. And then they wrote a rap. I wrote the rap, you know what I'm saying? They got out there and killed it, man. We start, man, people, we won so many talent shows doing it and it just formed naturally that I snatched them and pulled them in a the group because we was getting a lot of press and we was traveling, going out of town to different events like uh like Jack the Rapper, B R E, How Can I Be Down? And it was just blowing up, man. It had a little record deal, man. We was playing on the radio all in Chicago in nineteen ninety-two, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh in other spots. Uh the you know, it was a it was it was like a hood classic and uh, you know, the DJ Pink House used to have us up there doing interviews, you know what I'm saying? This is out, yeah, Pink House from, uh, uh, he was on, uh, I think, Jam, you know what I'm saying, at the time. They was on the AM station. Man, rap radio. That, that shit blew up, man. Yeah, rap radio, mm -hmm. yeah, but I was talking about the actual station, but they used to, man, you know, play our records and everything, but you know, as they started getting older and stuff, their mother wanted them to concentrate on school, so, mm -hmm. You know, I let them, you know, go do their school thing. And then it was back me and Kilo doing our thing. And uh, Cole Hart, it's funny, man. Like, Cole Hart used to be in uh, this little force I had called Poison Clan. Mm -hmm. And he was with my, my he, he was rapping with my partner Amtrak. So I always, they always used to rap off my beats and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And uh, then Never, he was, he was in the neighborhood. He used to uh, be like one of my first artists. Like I called myself being a producer. You know, I wanted to be like how easy them had, you know, NWA with DOC and then right. he had a bud of law and all these different people. And I was trying to form the same shit. So Neville was with these little cats and they was one of my first group that I had. So somehow Koha moved to our neighborhood now and that next thing you know, him and Neville introduced each other and they, they became a little crew, a clique, and they was coming up to the studio with me and Kilo, and then, you know, we started doing songs together. I had auditions and everything, and this, that, and the other. I tried to get them around. They didn't like how they rapped and all this, that, and the other, but I recorded songs anyway, because I had my own what I wanted to do. I put it together, and everybody heard it, and they was like, man, y'all should. 
become a group. And I talked to Cole and them about it. And we was thinking of a name. And Cole and them was like, man, we can stay crucial conflict, man. You know what I'm saying? I always wanted to be in a group. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how they get in the group. And they've been with us ever since. Mm. 25 years later. Mm -hmm. It's basically, you guys just basically came up together. So it's like more than just business. It's like, you know, you guys are real... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how it really went down, you know what I'm saying? It was like we was all around each other and it just it just formed like that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just business. It wasn't just business. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. But we gotta take care of some business. So we'll be right back with Wild Style of Crucial Conflict right here on Raw Fusion. If you wanna check out some of our films, you can do so at patreon.com slash king B. And as always, King B's Raw Fusion podcast is sponsored by TheIndieCity.com. If you like independent artists or independent products, or you're just independent like me, check out TheIndieCity.com. T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y.com. There's a new place to find Raw Fusion, rawfusion.net. Gain access to everything Raw Fusion along with information and value you may not find anywhere else. That's rawfusion.net. Raw Fusion. You know what's important? Like you were saying that, that, that some of the guys around the, the neighborhood was you know, giving you little twos and fuse to keep you going until you got to a point where, you know what I'm saying, you go off and, 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 and get your own shit and, and keep it moving. That is something that I keep preaching, man. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's the motherfuckers that's around yeah. you that get you started and then you can blow up and, and get motherfuckers outside of the way. But sometimes you gotta support at home and that's that's really important, man. That support starts at home. Yeah, those cats, man, like all the OGs, they all the hustlers and pimps and all that, man. They they that they, they used to come and see us perform. They was like, Man, y'all got so much talent, like they was really in it. They didn't even want us. They didn't want us out in the streets. They was like, man, y'all too cold. Like they really used to see it, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. they knew we was about to jump off. We was, you know, we had jumped off the porch, you know what I'm saying? And they didn't want us out there. They ain't really want us out there hustling. Nah, like, cause they was like, y'all too talented, man. Like yeah. they, you know, so they rather give us their money instead of us getting down. And it'll be at least 10 or 15 people you know, they, they was really into it. You know, we used to be at the pool hall where they shooting thousands on the table in the back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All type of, you know, uh, like all type of gangsters. I, you know, I can't really elaborate, but it was, right. it was, it was the real deal. You know what I'm right. saying? Cause we come up under the real fold and, uh, you know, we did our little thing, but they really didn't want us to, mm -hmm. you know, but <laughs> that's important. They was they were supportive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of people yeah, it was yeah. I, a lot of people, man, you hear that story over and over in Chicago. It's like, you know what I'm saying, even basketball players and everything, like, nah, man, you ain't finna do that. You finna dribble that basketball or you know what I'm saying, you finna get on that mic or you finna do yeah. this, that and the other. You ain't finna come out here with us. So man, shout out to brothers like that, man. You know what I'm saying? Whatever whatever they did is yeah. whatever they did. But at the same time, and that's what that's what people don't get, man, there's a lot of good in the hood, even though we can say whatever about whatever, there's still a lot of good in, in, in the people in the hood, man. That's why I love, I love my people in the hood, man. Yeah, shout out to Ray Ray. <laughs> you did. Kenny Steele. 
Jojo, <laughs> Uncle Ghost, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You did. Yeah. It's like it's almost like foresight. I never told you this. Before I had really met y'all. You know, it, it's something I forgot who it was, but I met a couple of y'all when I was starting out at the club, some club, I don't remember. I just remember meeting you guys, well not you. I don't think you were there. And I don't wanna say who because quite frankly, I don't remember who. Right, but right, right. I remember, you know, I came up and said, yeah, I'm King B, I do this, that, and the third. And you know, it's like, okay, you know, woo, woo, and it just left it there. Then Parrish Lewis was a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a photographer in Chicago. He just so happened, he would be moving around. He had several little studios, so he moved around and we actually shot part of uh, Intimate Friends at one of his studios. And then he moved to another studio, which is another location. He was cool enough to let, you know, for me to come in and shoot. So now I had a whole nother location to shoot at, you know what I'm saying, for free. Uh, so shout out to him for that. And then boom, so then there used to be a studio where he was up top and you had a studio in the bottom uh, basement. Yeah, And that's where by that time I had done my TV show, I had a couple movies out. So, and, and my name was buzzing a bit, you know what I'm saying, within the industry. So, I think y'all might have kind of known, I think you might have kind of known who I was already. No, I actually, I actually, like, I actually, I actually didn't uh, know, cause it was, you know, me, I, I'm a lab rat, I always got my head in, in the studio. I was working on so many acts and different things. So I didn't know, hmm. you know what I'm saying, who you were. But you you let me know you were. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean. You let me know. Yeah. But the the thing I didn't tell you is I want to say it was a, a few years earlier. And I don't even remember who it was. But I remember sitting talking to some motherfucker. And we was talking about how cool it would be if, like, our Chicago artists did something like they was doing over at Death Row. Where they was doing kind of, like, they was doing more than just music videos. They was adding on and doing skits and all that shit in between. All of that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. after we became cool, one of y'all knew who I was. I knew that. Because there was a there was a DVD somewhere in the studio. And I know I didn't give nobody no goddamn DVD. So, it got there somewhere. Or maybe it was one yeah. of the people that was around and knew. We were in the studio one day. We had become cool and shit. And, uh, and I actually spent probably more time down in y'all's studio than I was hollering at Paris upstairs. And, um, right. and you was playing some shit. You was like, I'm, we finna do this which is kind of the thing that I had thought about like a couple years before. I was like, well, who's gonna direct it? You know what I'm saying? And he was like, well, we was just gonna run out there and shoot it. And I'm like, nah, bro. Nah, I should be the one directing that, man. And he was like, you wanna direct our shit? <laughs> I was like, I, I remember, dude, I remember the conversation because the shit was cold. Cause you played me the tracks, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I wanna do it. Oh yeah, yeah, the setup. The setup, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. And then we ended up. Yeah, the setup. We ended up doing the setup, yeah. man, which I, I, to this day is still getting views, bro. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers still talking and right, leaving comments man, you know, and shit. It's crazy. I was trying to be ahead of the curve, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew that uh, the internet was about to kick off and I was thinking of uh, something that I could warm the city up with to introduce the new album that we were coming up with. And I just wanted to keep their viewership into us every week. So, you know, that's when I came up with the idea of the setup and everything. It came up with like a, a musical to where we were interacting and just rapping out, you know, 
Like we, we were verbally giving you a picture mm-hmm. and then you came with the visuals, but we actually, you know, came up with the words to actually describe storytelling. Paint the picture. Yeah. So you can see it and visualize it at the same time. Everything we say. You know and that's really what people don't understand when they when they approach me about doing music videos. If I don't see the shit while I'm listening to it, that's why sometimes it takes me time because I got to sit down, I got to listen to it. If I don't see it, then I'm like I'm not the one to direct it. I'm just not like it. it, it right. Some music just automatically you start seeing visuals. You know what I'm saying? It sounds crazy, but you know you just start seeing it. And this was so word the wordplay was so flushed out to where I mean you could see it while they were saying. I mean it was right, really you could see it. So I was like, yeah, man, I, I already got the visuals in my head, you know what I'm saying? Let's go. And then we did the setup, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? You guys had the music already done for the four chapters that's out. And I just came in with a couple of words in the middle for the actors to say, grab some actors. And uh, we went and shot that motherfucker, man. And, 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 that, and that shit's, that shit is still classic today, you know what I'm saying? And that was really, I think our, yeah. our real first time working together, man. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, it was it was it was dope, man. I had I wanted to keep it going, you know what I'm saying? But because uh, I always wanted to shoot a movie, I kept starting movies and stopping them because uh, you know, that was that's what I wanted to graduate to, movie producer. But I will different things like that, so I tried a few things. Yeah. So if, any, if anybody wants to know, I did. I was going through some shit. Life started happening. And I had to step away for a minute. And then I actually stepped away to do Roost because life started happening and I needed to make some shit happen. And then after I got done with that, I came back and you guys were already, you know, in the midst of, of promoting the album. So it never it never got finished. So if anybody wants to blame anybody, just blame me. And, uh, you know. <laughs> But you know, shit. yeah, you know, it's all good, man. You know, I mean, what happened? It happened. You know, what I'm saying? yeah, it's life, though. You keep it moving. It's life, though. Right. But but the the craziest part about that is when you know we started working together, and then and and that made us even more cool because then I was then I had the reason to be there every day at the studio. You know, what I'm saying, and just seeing how you work. You know, you do like two, three, four tracks a day. You know what I'm saying, and, and and just watching you do what you do, and then, you know, I I have some musical inclination, so I would be thinking, okay, you're gonna go that way, and you go a whole another way, and it works. I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of that. When you started out, it was kind of like um, a bounce. You know what I'm saying? I think even Timberland shouted you out for being inspirational to him with the different type of sound that you came up with. Were you trying to come up with a sound or was it just something that just naturally came from you? Yeah, it naturally, it just naturally came, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, when I got in the game, yeah, that was like, that was like, we released that album in 96, but you know, we, I recorded some of the music, music in uh, like 94 and uh, we had a deal by 95, we had a deal, and then it, came, it was released in 96, you know what I'm saying? So the album has been produced, but I have been producing for 10 years before that, man, and I come up playing drums, you know what I'm saying? I'm a DJ and all that. Mm-hmm. I knew how to work equipment. I've been in studios since I was playing, like, been, you know what I'm saying? I've been in studios, mm-hmm. you know, like, before it was Pro Tools, before it was any of this, you know, technology, 
new technology that's out besides, you know, the synthesizers and all that, you know, and, you know, we was recording on two-inch tape reels, and, uh, you know, the style we was spitting, man, like, I already knew what type of music to put to it, because I just got so, I got so many layers I could go to, mm -hmm. and by me being a DJ, you know what I'm saying, uh, from Chicago, we listened to, you know, house music and stuff, so we move, you know, you got to move at a certain beat, beat per minute, mm -hmm to make us dance, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of Chicago people didn't like rap, man. Like, Chicago didn't like rap, man. I didn't have people like LL Cool J come up to me and tell me, like, what happened, man? Like, how did y'all get Chicago to like rap like that? You know, some people liked the rap, but everybody did. And it's like, you know, we turn on WBMX or something, and it's a party outside, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, people, you know. So all those different patterns and rhythms and stuff were still in my head. So... I was able to just think and, and, and paint a picture and the type of piece I came up with, you know, some of the uh, digging it, digging in the crates, some of the uh, black exploitation films and stuff like mm -hmm. across 110th Street and all that. I used to listen to all that type of stuff, Curtis Mayfield and mm -hmm. different people that was gangsters and everything because I come up around weed smokers and this, that, and the other, and that's, how, that's what they used to play and, uh, you know. You know, when I, when I knew when we got our chance to show the world what we could do, I was about to hit them with, I was about to hit them with it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because now I was going to be on a bigger platform and I knew what was happening, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because we had a lot of things bubbling that uh, got me exposure, so I, I knew what to do, just period. And I knocked that album out like quick, man, you know? Mm -hmm. Knocked that album out like quick. Mm -hmm. You know, my group didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Kilo knew. Kilo was like, gone and unleashed, wow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he knew what I could do. We, you know, I've been sampling for years. So mm -hmm. by the time it comes for us to get on the main stage, I was ready. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was ready. Right, right, right. I was ready. So, yeah, I came up with that just out of my head. They ain't nobody tell me nothing because I was the OG on the beat <laughs> around, you know, for, for, for the rap shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So I was ready, you know. Yeah, you you're right. I remember distinctly. I, mean, I think it was V one hundred three or or something. They they like you know were making commercials about how you're not gonna hear any rap on our station and this kind of thing. It was a it was a pushback, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? And then they came up with nine fifty rap radio, which which was an AM station, and we all just started listening to the AM station because I remember back in the day. We would listen to, um, I don't know if you guys got it on the west side, but we would listen to WHBK. HBK, Kennedy King, Ken College, uh -huh. uh, CRX, yeah, we, cause by us being hip hop heads, you know, we knew where it was cracking. We used to go do those interviews. Yeah. Up in there before we was national. So yeah, we knew about it. Everybody didn't know about it. I used to, I used to get on the train, on the L train, I used to go outside. You know what I'm saying? To listen and to. I used to hang out there, you know what I'm saying? And they put me they put me up on it and I knew about it because, you know, they was mix they was DJ, they was playing hot mixes on those stations too. Mm -hmm. And they played rap, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because I, I knew I knew a lot of the uh, you know, black A G from the South Side, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? He was he was cool with my family, you know what I'm saying? I used to, you know, go to all the different events I knew about, you know, rap to take great all these different legends and stuff that used to rap and we was like those shorties that was coming up under them you know what i'm saying that was that, that took rap serious that spread the seeds so we got the seeds by seeing people like them you know what i'm saying do it 
on the local level, you know what I'm saying? And to me, they was doing it big. They, they was, you know, they was our OGs to us, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Show Shock and Shine, you know what I'm saying? I remember uh, being in the Audi home, you know what I'm saying, with like rappers like 10 Trey. And they was like, man, you cold, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they was folks from out south and all that, man. I, you know, that's back to the ill state of size of them. And then our, our local homie, uh, you know, uh, even, you know, Twister, you know, mm-hmm. he, yeah, tongue twisted in and, mm-hmm. you know, common then was coming up and everybody was bubbling, you know what I'm saying? But ain't nobody never had a breakout rack, you know what I'm saying, in the city back then, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we was like, you know, besides our sister, Rap, you know, she had got her deal, you know what I'm saying, went with Jermaine Prenumming, but, you know, our shit was like kind of homegrown, you know, I respect everybody, you know what I'm saying, that put on and laid the foundation right. in the city, even though people don't know it, those, some of those people, because they never got a chance to go national or the resources or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but we still show them respect to this day, you know what I'm saying, right. like Cassius D, you know what I'm saying, all them old cats like that. You know what I'm saying? They laid, they laid groundwork. Yeah, because it's like it's uh-huh. it's like hard to it's hard to fathom now because rap is like everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But back then, man, it, yeah. you know, and and, and yeah. the thing about HBK, you can count them on your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, you can count them on your hand. and the thing about HBK, which I finally after after you know I got you know whatever notoriety, then I, they invited me to do interviews as well. But I remember you know you'd have to get like the antenna on the radio and shit and try to find the right spot, you know what yeah. I'm saying? To, to actually catch the station. Yeah, them. Yeah. And, and you are, you and you are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can't forget about them. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're, your boy, Wild Style, go back, I ain't just no, you know, like y'all say, West Side, they try to just divide the town, West Side, South Side, and all that shit, man. It's, it's the, matter of fact, we Midwest, man. We ain't divided no more like that, man. That's, right, right, right. Know. Although we do talk a little shit on the game. But I got people on the yeah, West y'all, Side. Yeah, you so. be on that. You be on that. I be on that. I be on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I do have a lot of people on the West Side. I, um, you know, what I'm saying I fuck with the West Side, but I'm gonna talk some shit because it's kind of like you know when you go to the basketball court. It ain't fun unless you talk a little bit of shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's the way it is. But I, I, I love my people on the West Side. You know what I'm saying? I dated a few uh, beautiful young ladies on the West Side too. So I can't never, you know, hate on the West Side. But yeah, that was that was the that was the thing, man. It, it wasn't until rap radio hit, then it did so well because we found that shit some kind of way, and motherfuckers was listening to music on an AM station. That really sounded like shit, but motherfuckers was bumping it because it was an AM station. You know what I'm saying? It sounded like shit, but motherfuckers was bumping it, and then that's- Pink House when, First Lady. Yeah, rest in peace, Pink House, too. They really built it up, and then the FM stations started to say, okay, we better hop on this shit, and that's how it started to you know resonate in Chicago. Um, shout out to all those people you named. Oh, yeah, and I got this shout out, too. We had an era, we had an era in Chicago you know what I'm saying? Well, DJ Faz Eddie them came up with hip house. Uh, and they was rapping over house beats, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they had featured uh Sundance Sunday. and all that. Yep. So yeah, so that that combination of that era of hip house, house and rap and everything probably kinda shaped some of the style that I did 
not even knowing, it just popped in my head. I can't forget that era, you know what I'm saying? Because that was, that was that's what we partied to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we was trying to get on way back then, you know what I'm saying? Like, they knew of us, they knew of us as rappers, but you know, Vance Eddie and them, they was on the radio and all that already and shit, mm-hmm. so we like used to listen to them and used to walk down the street trying to uh, find out why he lives, standing in front of his gate, you know, we used to walk them to hear us and all that, you know what I'm saying, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it was the wild, wild, yeah. wild, wild west back then. You know what I'm saying? You, you was trying to get on how you could get on, you know what I'm saying? Right. I remember you talking about 87, so I think I wrote my first rhyme in 88. You know what I'm saying? I, I just uh, never. You did. I never really, because Rakim was the one. Rakim and actually Kane, because Kane was cool, had the females and shit, so that was, that was my thing. You know what I'm saying? But Rakim's lyrical delivery and what he was saying was just phenomenal, and I, at that point, up at leading up to it, I knew basically I could rap his raps, you know what I'm saying, word for word, for a bunch of his songs. And I'm like, well, why don't I put the pen to paper, you know what I'm saying, and see what I could do. But I wasn't, uh, I was good, but it wasn't something that kept me going. You know what I'm saying, I was also singing, and then movies came along, and it was a rap from there. I stopped singing, rapping, producing, all that bullshit when, when music, when movies came along. But you know, I had a manager and everything, you know what I'm saying? But I was gonna be more the singer and then maybe do a little rap breakdown like they used to do back then. But right. that movie thing, man, first time I got on set, it was over with, you know what I'm saying? But right now, this segment is over with. But we'll be back with more Wild Style on Raw Fusion. There's a new place to find Raw Fusion, rawfusion.net. Gain access to everything Raw Fusion, along with information and value you may not find anywhere else. That's rawfusion.net. Raw Fusion. I was I was watching Scarface and Willie D recently. They were talking about music today. You know what I mean? With the verses and all that kind of shit that's going on. There is a resurgence of interest in 90s music, but they were saying that, you know, and they were they were out there too, pretty big ghetto boys. They were saying that, man, motherfuckers don't really, they not finna buy some new shit from the artists. You know what I'm saying? They finna say, okay, you wanna hear some real hip hop, they gonna, and, and Willie D was like, you know, they gonna dust off the record <laughs> or whatever it is and play the old shit that they did, but he didn't feel confident that they would be receptive to new shit coming from them. Well, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, they they, 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 they have a point, you know what I'm saying, because of the style that they was doing, because of the type of beats that they picked, the type, you know, sometimes, you know, you got your fans, you know, they hear you come up with a song, and they kind of put you in a box mm-hmm. to where, this is what we want from you. Uh, this is what we like to hear. We want to hear some of that uh, Mr. Mr. Scarface or this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was teenagers listening to that music back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was younger people and a few older people. They really didn't, you know, get off into it. But you got to think, man. It's all, you know, music, man, is going to always change. It never stopped changing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, I, uh, James Brown complained about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody in, in the music era, if you listen to 
some uh, Asley brothers, you can see when they thought the game switched and they started doing more electronic sound and music, trying to keep up with the young people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we all appreciate, you know, Boys to Atlantis and all that. We 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 feel they can still make that music that, that they made back then. And we, you, you see Mr. Big came back out with R. Kelly, what, what, what he did, he changed the sound. He got with a producer that understood both eras. Mm. You know what I'm saying? His era and made it more present, you know, to what was going on. And R. Kelly came up with the gumbo for Mr. Big to come back. Now he got a stepping racket right now. And he just did the verses and mm -hmm. people partying to it to this day. And he older than he about to be 89 and Mike, what up? He up there. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you got to find a wave. You can't, you know, you can't be like an old rapper, you know what I'm saying, that's sitting up there listening to the new stuff. You listen, you know, it's kids dancing off this. So you gonna tell them, don't, don't dance off this. This ain't real. Dance off this. Right. This real. Right. Man, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing the boogaloo and the, <laughs> we ain't break dancing and all that shit no more. Like as a whole, you know, that they had its turn. Right, right, right. Times don't, time ain't finna stop for you, man. You know, I'm pretty sure back in the biblical days, they would just be no rocks and shit making music, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a different, it's different now. Mm -hmm. So, in order for the older cats to come up, they got to kind of, you know, change the, uh, the foundation, what they doing it on. So, like, if you like stuff that you used to sample, go grab a band, pull them in. Mm -hmm. If the drums hitting like this now, you got to change them drums and make them hit like this. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you got to make them hit different. They used to de they used to mix records different back then and everything. It's just a whole new sonic sound. And actually, I give some of these young cats a lot of props because to me, you might call them mumble rap and this computer, this, that, and the other, but at the same time, it's original. And New York, mostly every hit record they ever had was off a sample record. Mm -hmm. And once the people that they used to sample from got a got a whiff of it. It's like, oh, we want some money right now. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We need we need to get paid like this. So it kind of shut their whole era down. Mm -hmm. It shut their whole era down. And then you got cats in you know in in, in Atlanta and Chicago, you know, coming up with original music and people dancing to it. Mm -hmm. So if you ain't if, 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 in the end of the day, you make music for people to listen to or dance to, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, at the same time, some music make you dance, some people make you, you know, you might listen to Marvin Gaye, you nodding your head. Like, it's, it's different stuff. So, you know, I can't, you know, I never got off into that, man. I stay, I stay around the music. Mm -hmm. I stay around the music. You know, one day I got the privilege to work in a studio with, with a person that my daddy and them used to, Rave, rant and rave about. Mm -hmm. I got to do a song with a person that I sampled some of his music. It was oh, it was know. Mr. George Clint. Oh, know. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> Mr. George Clint. Yeah. I got to kick it around. You know, Boosie, Roy Ayers, and all these different type of people, Al Green, and all that. And I got to talk to them, man. And them brothers respected me because of you know my knowledge of what they was doing and and appreciation for what they was doing. But at the same time. I'm still coming up. I'm doing my era. They do their era, and they he George Clinton gave me some game. He said, "Man, when you make," he said, "Wow, stop." He said, "You want to keep these people? Don't get off into that old stuff. Don't get to, you know, don't get off into trying to uh, 
stay true to yourself. He said, this is how you know how to make music. He said, follow the boot. Mm. He said, follow the booty. Follow the boots. <laughs> whatever way they booty music, whatever way they booty is moving, that's how you make the music. You got to follow the boot. Uh, and I'll never forget that. And I gave y'all some free game from the OG. Mm. Do you think that when you're moving into like doing something different that you, or do you feel like you get backlash because there's some people just want you to keep doing the same old shit over and over again? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what? It takes time because people are going to get old. The same people that's complaining, they listen to this young shit. They, just, they listen to everything that they complain about. That's how they know it. Mm-hmm. If they ain't know it, they probably don't listen to it every day. But if they want to play, you know, if they want to play their era by themselves and just listen to that and, and just tap away from the world because they feel like, you know, they so true to what they did to where they ain't giving nobody else a chance, that's on them. You know what I'm saying? That's on them because you're going to have grandkids, kids, they're going to play that music. And you, you're you going to say, uh, Put on that 45. Yeah. Put on that uh, 33. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They, ain't, they ain't finna get with it unless they grew up under it and they can appreciate it right. because of the good times that you had with them. All this music is just a time signature mm. to that you could go back to that era and picture what you was doing at that age, doing at that time. I, like our era, it's people like, man, we used to do this bad. It's our high school stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, we used to, you know, man, when y'all music came on, that's what they that's what they got. And some of those people still come to the concerts today. Mm-hmm. But an uh, artist like me, I'm blessed because guess what? Some of these kids don't know that they, they, they being born and they it's like when 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 you was a shorty, you probably said, Oh, I grew up off Michael Jackson. But Michael Jackson grew up off, off somebody mm-hmm. and you would probably think that's the direction to go I'm I'm, I'm gonna be like Michael Jackson so a, a, a lot of people these kids right now they don't know that their parents was playing our music in their house mm-hmm. and now when I look at them I'm like that's a rendition of me these people these shorties is bouncing and they got energy they don't know at a time this wasn't in music. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be one of the person that brought that to the game. Mm-hmm. So really, a gate is open for me because they doing me, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. They own rendition, but they don't know because that was the music that was out and they just adapted what was out and they just made what was cracking, you know what I'm saying? And artists like me versus, you know, Scarface and them and all that, what they said, they they not moving move, move to that type of music no more. They're not moving to those samples. They're not moving to those, you know, type of drums that they was rocking. Mm-hmm. But I bet you Scarface and them still got something to say. I bet you they still, I, I bet you they still got something to say. And if they had the right production and all that behind them, these shorties would be like the old T's popping that shit. They giving us game. And they can hear that shit. Well, they done moved over. You know what I'm saying? They done moved over to this realm. They they got a podcast now. So, you know what I'm saying? I guess that's way, I guess that's how they gonna talk. And then Willie D been doing his thing on, on YouTube for a minute now. But now them two, they have a podcast. But you know, when you were saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You when, I, when you were saying that, I thought, you know, it's brilliant just like Usher and Summer Walker. And I really, really liked that song. But basically they took an old Usher song and flipped it, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and made a new song out of it. 
And a lot of these younger cats, are, especially in the R&B game, they taking a lot of the 90s music and using that and flipping it, you know what I'm saying? And I just thought it was brilliant that Usher keeps riding that wave. Okay, well, you wanna use this? That's cool. I'm gonna be on the verse and we gonna do a whole new verse and you know, flip it like that. So there's ways, you know what I'm saying, to stay quote unquote relevant. You know, I ain't gonna give up all the game, but I'll tell you just like this. You know what I'm saying? Like when we was shorties, we sampled stuff that our parents used to dance to and everything. So they when they heard uh, you know, Ice Cube today was a good day, mm-hmm. they was like they was dancing, then it oh that's the Isaac brothers. Yeah, yeah. So they was able to get into it and then we knew it and then now we the parents. They sampling what we used to listen to. Mm-hmm. So that's how you keep doing. And then when they get to a certain age, they might Sample a, uh, uh, like Beyonce them or whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. They might sample something like that. It's gonna keep moving because now you you bridging two eras together. Mm-hmm. You you know the, the young and the old. So uh, those like like Isaac Brothers and them in their eighties now. Some of these kids don't know that. Like if I go sample some of that old shit like that with that funk and all that, some of them ain't gonna get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what is this shit? You know what I'm saying? But if they heard their grandmama them playing nice and slow up in the house or something like that, I mean, they they, they mama playing house in the slow, you know, playing Usher or anything, and now they in the studio, and they make a beat of nice and slow, or do a down, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. they, you know what I'm saying, they go, uh, they're gonna appreciate it, and we gonna appreciate it, because that's what, that's gonna bring back our memories, and they gonna make new memories, mm-hmm. because it's still at the edge, mm-hmm. you know, of being old and new at the same time, and then it's gonna fade out, it's just different eras, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you got to know how to jump the eras. I can't get with that <laughs> old shit, I say classic. I can't get with that old shit. To me, it's still not old. But you know what I'm saying? I say classic. I say old because, <laughs> goddammit, it's old. Because you wild style. I ain't finna put, no, goddamn, <laughs> I ain't finna put no, no Zenith TV in my front room and everybody got flat, flat screens. I'm not finna go put on some goddamn uh, karate shoes that we used to wear in the 80s. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talking about these classics, man. That shit old. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What? That shit old. What in the hell made you call yourself Wild Style, bro? Man, from uh, break break dance. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to, uh, you know, I used to do every goddamn move, <laughs> and and it went down. And uh, one of uh, actually the brat got a cousin because we he, we used to break dance together. And uh, I think they named me Wild Style, and then later I found out. You know what I'm saying? It was a movie out mm-hmm. called Wild Style. Mm-hmm. And it's so ironic. My name was Wild Style as a breakdance, as a rapper. And I saw the movie and then uh, we had a record deal, man, to where we was on this record label called Palace Records. And mm-hmm. Fab Five Freddy was in the movie Wild Style and he kind of helped produce the movie mm-hmm. and everything. And it was uh, a movie about the elements of hip hop. You know, it just had everything about hip hop up in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel I'm the manifestation of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Everybody. I'm the manifestation. So I kept it. It's an old name, a wild style. I, I ain't never switched it. You know? Right, right. It's an old name. But guess what? It, it, it matches me. Yeah. Because my shit gonna keep growing. I'm like, wow, 
is free to me. You know, when something's out there wild, it's free. And you got to be able to be free with what you do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm free with what I do. I make, I'm going to come up with a style every time I put on a song. Every time I make a beat, it's going to be his own style. Because I'm wild style. You can't contain me. You can't tell me what to do or put me in a box. You know what I'm saying? You wild, all right. <laughs> For sure. You can't put me in a box. And, and, I'm not doing it. It's organic. And and if, if y'all didn't know, I did do a song on John Blue. And I got a line in there that kind of shouts him out. Think it's a joke and I'll give your ass a permanent smile. Get involved with a conference so crucial that you will be calling me wow. That's what's up. Wow is this 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 dude, he came to see me when I was in the hospital, you know, a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? This shit for us is not I mean, you on this podcast and all this bullshit. And that's because I'm celebrating people that I know. You know what I'm saying? And I've got people that I knew from elementary schools is doing shit. All kinds of people to people that motherfuckers may know on the show. But it's more about the fact that, you know, when I say you're like a brother to me, you are. You know what I'm saying? This shit is way deeper than movies and, and, right. and, and music and all this other bullshit. That's just some shit we do. You know what I'm saying? We love doing, but you know what I'm saying? Some shit that we do. But bro, I really consider you like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? And man, and we can we could talk. We we have talked way longer than this. But I know you got shit to do. But I'm 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 glad that you actually came on the podcast. I had to twist your arm a little bit. But uh <laughs> Oh man, you know man, you know I this this part of the game, man. <laughs> all of, like the social media and all that. Man, I ain't really, I, 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 I really haven't dived into it, man. Like it's like, I know, uh, you know, I, know. I like creating, man. I'm just like, I like creating, doing the business, making shit happen behind the scenes, and I really try to separate, you know, my my life with the music business because you can't just live through the lens of mm -hmm. the music. It's like it's other stuff going on in this world right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you just can't live through one lens from. From that perspective, I done lost a, you know, you know, I done lost a lot of people. I done did a lot of shit chasing this music, mm. and it's more to life. You know, everybody else can't understand that. And with me, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm just a real person, man. I don't cap. I ain't never cap. I ain't never whatever that word is, man. I don't never cap. You gonna see everything that I go through if you know me, and you gonna see how how true I stated to myself and other people. And that's what it's about, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I don't take it for granted. And it's like my journey. And I want to be a testimony for somebody else. Like, I get a hit racket again, which I know I'm going to hit. I want the people to know that they can do it again, too. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that that's that's my whole thing, you know what I'm saying? I'm the underdog. I want, you know, I went through my life, went through my path, went through my ups and downs, you know, and I'm still here, uh, blessed. You know, with my with my sons, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, my family, my true friends, I don't take for granted mm -hmm. because I respect people that do talent. And if I see something in them, I'm going to try to encourage them and pull it up out of them mm -hmm. because I know where they're trying to go and I know where they're doing. And it's a lot of people, you know, this all they got, this all they know, this what they love, and this probably what they came here to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be one of those persons. 
that's going to encourage you, yeah. you know. And, you've and done I'm a, a real person. That. I don't like being around Trump. And, and uh, you've done a lot of that. But I never took it personally because, like I said, I know you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about right. know the persona of you. I know you. Hell, I remember when we right. were doing your EPK and I damn near had to twist your arm to do your own damn EPK interview because you didn't want to do the shit. Like, you you know what I'm saying? So when when the first time I, I knew you was, I knew you, were, I, I never took it personally because I know you, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, right. of course, I'm going to be cons- persistent and you know me. <laughs> right. No, I know that's why. That's why we deal with each other, you know what I'm saying? Because right. I know you, I accept you for who you are, you know what I'm saying? And I had the same. And we gonna talk shit, and I'm gonna get on your ass too. You have, and I got and you right, get on my ass. right, and I get right back on your ass. And you know what? I appreciate it. And motherfuckers don't understand, man, that when you real cool, y'all may say some shit, you know what I'm saying? It's always in respect, but you know what I'm saying? You may say some shit that the other motherfucker don't like or don't agree with. That don't mean y'all ain't cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or that, that yep. the other person don't have another perspective. We spent time on the phone, man, and you telling me I should be doing this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm telling you, you should do this. And you like, I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? But that's what brothers do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They say, you know, if it right. was some fake phony shit, then we wouldn't be able to yeah, talk. Yeah, we ain't finna snake each other, though. I don't know snake shit, right. though. You know ain't what I'm saying? Ain't none of that. But we we saying we, we got to say to each other, straight up in the face. And if you, you know what I'm saying, if it was some fake phony shit, we wouldn't speak our minds like we do. You know what I'm saying? And that's what motherfuckers don't understand. You know, they, they just trying to be around and trying to be cool. And I told you, I remember, the, I remember when we really started becoming cool after we were working together or whatever, you said, man, listen, if we gonna be cool, bro, I don't want you trying to be cool with, with wild style. And you know what I'm saying? You got to be cool with me. I remember those conversations. I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? You you don't. Yeah, you sure did. Because I'm I'm like I'm like I know a lot of people in this industry, and I just simply don't fuck with them because I don't like them as people. You know what I'm saying? So it, you, yeah, you be, but you mean you mean too. <laughs> <laughs> you stop. Hey man, hey look. <laughs> Hey, look, bro, I appreciate you, man. Nothing but much success, man. And you know what I'm saying? You know I'm here whenever you need my assistance or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We gonna work together or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just closing this shit out for the show. I'll probably be hollering at you in the next couple of days anyway. (laughs) For sure, for sure, man. And I want you to, man, finish filming, man. Finish filming. I know the Rona out here. I want you to stay healthy, but finish filming, man. You got it, man. I, we done had that talk, man. You don't, you don't cross my path, man. You know what I'm saying? In life, if, if, if you ain't that, if you ain't about that business, you know what I'm saying? So I know you're about that business. And, uh, you know, yeah. like I said, I'm going to end it at this, man. You know, I try my best to be humble. It's a straight balance in that. Because mm-hmm. I know it's a thin line, you know what I'm saying? Like your movie. And I could, uh, you know, I could snap back into some other goofy, you know, reckless shit. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to stay humble. So it ain't easy, nope. you know, being in my position mm-hmm. because, you know, I can do whatever. But uh, I, I would like these youngins out here on the street, man, in my city that's pursuing music or just growing up in life. Man, listen, man, I know, you know, it don't seem like you don't live past a certain age because of what's going on in the streets and, and the reality that y'all are dealing with and maybe people like us 
left y'all to fend for y'all self and everything, man. But we trying to correct it, man. And we don't want y'all out here dying, man. Too young, not in despair, you know, coming up in this system, coming up with every, all the trials y'all got to go through because we didn't know we could make it either, man. And I just want all the youngins out there to know, man, that, you know, y'all ain't got to spaz out on each other like that, man. Go find you a mentor. Go find you somebody to teach you something different in life. Get around some positive people that's going somewhere that's going to keep you in line, you know what I'm saying, or or that you could, you know, take a pause for the cause, man, because I hate waking up every day in the city that I grew up that it was much fun. Now, it's like, it's a whole other reality out here, but man, you know, it's going to take some of the old G's, some of the adults, some of the young G's, whatever, they got a head on their shoulder to bridge the gap, man, so we could get our community back, man, because right now, it's everybody for themselves, man, you know, and we need to do something in the city, man, to, to help the next man besides just helping all, because it don't hit you till it hit your doorstep, mm. and we don't want it to hit your doorstep, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I, I try to keep my youngins in line, tell them, like, you know, because they know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If they need my help in anything and pursuing what they're trying to pursue, pursue I'm there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Any shorty I come across, I try to give them some real real information. Can't tell them what to do. I feel kind of guilty because I came up in the same environment doing the same type of stuff, but at the same time, I was able to pull myself up. up. And I knew some of the, I know some of the, the pathways that got me there. That's having respect. Mm-hmm. Respect can take you a long way. And I need y'all to understand what respect is and don't learn that, man. You can respect the next person. It's simple like that. Just have respect for yourself and for others. That's game. It's time to talk some shit with King B on the King B's Raw Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by TheIndieCity.com Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard him, and he's right. It is time for me to get behind the camera again and do another film. And I am working on one right now in which I might need your help. Actually, I do. We're doing a movie about mental health. Uh, It's very important after going through some challenges myself, I felt like this is the project that I should be doing next to help people who went through similar and probably worse situations than I did. So I set up an Indiegogo. I did kind of start a campaign before, but ended it quickly because Indiegogo allows you to uh, give incentives to those who give and I thought that was important to be able to give back even to the ones that donate to the project so if you search mental the movie and then I think if you put in there it's also on there the road to mental health you can go on there check it out and donate to the campaign and it's much appreciated and I thank you in advance I'm King B and this is Raw Fusion Raw Fusion, Raw Fusion.